Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Games We Love, a weekly video game podcast where some friends get together for mostly positive and always fun discussion about games, industry news, and more. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron, and with me, as usual, are my brilliant co-hosts, Brad. Sprinkle, sprinkle. Oh, my goodness gracious. And Kevin. <laughs> hello. <laughs> what? Hello? How are you going to follow Sprinkle, sprinkle with hello? <laughs> I, I had no idea how to. That's how I chose to go. <laughs> what is your call sign there, buddy? Oh, my goodness. Uh, nothing. I get to get out of this because I'm not. Uh-huh. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, it's good to talk with you guys. It's been a while, and it's always fun to get together for these and get a chance to go through some stuff, find out how everybody's week was. Kevin, you've been busy this week. What have you been yeah, up to? A lot of theater this week, actually. So I saw the world premiere of The Karate Kid, the musical, which okay. I know right <laughs> off the bat sounds like what and why and how and is that some kind of joke? But really, uh, this is a pre-Broadway tryout type of thing. They're hoping that it's going to go to Broadway. It is an adaptation of the 80s film, The Karate Kid, and it's a full musical, and it's really good. So if you like musicals- and you have the chance to see it, it really, a lot of love and care went into this thing. It's not a joke. It's not a parody or satire type thing. It's a full musical with great songs. Aaron, you're a musical guy. I think you'd really enjoy it. It's a really solid adaptation, faithful telling of that story, but with heartfelt songs, fun songs, super catchy music. There's no recording yet because it's a pre-Broadway type thing, but hopefully there will be a track that you can listen to. And if you have the chance, if it comes to your town or if you're if it opens on Broadway and you get to see it there, like it is a lot of fun. If you like the movie, you'll like the show. But that was really fun. And then The Lion King is tomorrow. And then we have a regional theater production of a show called Urine Town, which is on Friday. It's called you, what? You, you, did you just, did, say that again? <laughs> Oh, I said you're in town, but all together. What did you think I said? <laughs> you're in town. Like, oh, yeah, that's because the it... show called you're, it's called you're in town. Yeah. Yeah, like P. <laughs> yeah, you're in town. That's what it's called. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's right in line <laughs> with one of the games you've been playing this week. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in town is a satirical musical show and so it's exactly supposed you don't to be say. <laughs> <laughs> what it sounds like so uh it is one that i have not seen it actually opened off broadway in 2001 and i'm really excited to see it it should be a really funny show so i'm cool. looking forward to it but yeah so three <laughs> out of my five days of the week are, are musicals and then got this podcast and seeing movies for the other podcast yep. and stuff so it's kind of crazy but you know trying to fit in some games here and there yep yep good good yeah i have those weeks as well lots of screenings yep. and such and they can be fun but exhausting lion king's awesome i'm sure you've probably seen it but it is oh, yeah. fantastic Love it. yeah i can't wait to go back i've seen it a couple of times but yeah it's a wonderful show Brad, you been up to anything? How many St. Louis Cardinals games have you attended in the last seven days? <laughs> uh, two, actually. We went oh Thursday, and then we went again last night, and we had the best seats we've ever been in um, right behind home plate. Not in the green seats, but two rows above them, and it was quite an experience. My girlfriend got them from her work, and it was just fantastic. We didn't do much else over the weekend, but 
um, those two events cool. really, you know, bookended a just a decent chill weekend, you know? Nice. Yeah, not much for me. I had a pretty relaxing weekend, really, at home. I don't think there's anything that I've done <laughs> that's interesting at all. I, oh, I mean, I binge Stranger Things. That's what I did because I was... I had all this time off. I took a four day weekend and I was planning on like burning through multiple games in full. And instead I was like, I did the calculation. I said, okay, I've got 25 hours of stranger things to get caught up for season four, including a rewatch of season one. Cause I haven't seen it in so long and I just decided to go for it. And so I, I just binged like mad for two days and it was awesome. And now I'm halfway through season four and it was well worth it. So that was a nice choice. But yeah, uh, so to start off with our listener question for gaming, I wanted to talk about something that affected me this past week as well and find out what you guys think about this question. Can a game be too long? And I will tell you my little story while you're thinking about your answers. The reason this came up is because I've been playing Persona 5 Royal for quite a while with my daughter. And I think I mentioned it on the podcast before, but I started Persona 5 when it came out, got about 40 hours into that, didn't finish, was was going real slow burn. Then Royal came out, and so I started over, and I was playing with my kids. Well, at the time, my daughter was still with me pretty much every other weekend, uh, but then she went to college, and now that's not a thing. And so we have to schedule time together, and I have to actually fit into her busy life. And that doesn't happen as much. And so our sessions have become much more sp- spaced out, and we aren't making very quick progress. That being said, we had a session this weekend, and we played for, I don't know, five or six, seven hours on the days that we get together to do this. And at the end of this event, we were on a specific boss fight that people who have played Persona 5 Royal will know very well. It's Okamura's boss fight. It's largely regarded as the most annoying palace and the most challenging difficulty of bosses in the game. And it's about the halfway point of the game. And we checked the save file. We were done. And we're at 85 hours. And my heart is just sinking because I now realize that this is going to take upwards of 150 hours, maybe 160 hours. And I'm feeling very conflicted because I absolutely adore the world of Persona and the type of games that these are. They speak to me. I love the dating sim aspects. We do everything. But the thing is, you can't even fast forward in this game. So it's not like an open world game where I can just skip doing things and make it go faster. You're limited by the movement of a clock and very set. You have like two different times during each day that you can do tasks. And so with the exception of maybe doing a little extra grinding, which we don't do much of at all, you can't really lengthen or shorten the game at all. It's just this long by nature. And it's getting to the point where even if I was sitting here just playing it by myself, 160 hours in a day and age where we have the plethora of new content coming out on a weekly basis, games that are all worth looking at and checking out, this is a heavy ask. And I, while I have enjoyed it and I think it is a great story and so much fun, I honestly believe that we have reached a point where some games are just too long and that 
there needs to be a culling of that and it needs to be tightened. There's a guy in my feel and film Facebook group who writes reviews and everybody gets on him all the time because he's like notoriously just negative. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, right? And he calls, he has this term for films and he calls it the disease. And he, he says that most films these days have quote the disease, which is they're too long. They stretch things out. I feel like this game has the disease and I hate that because I love the game. And so it's this weird conflict that is within me, but I, I really do think that maybe there is a level where games are too long and developers need to be able to reel themselves in. I just wanted to kind of see what you guys thought about that. Maybe I'm off base, but I don't know. What do you think? I think it's subjective. You know, the the, the developers are telling the story that they want to tell. And, you know, when, when I stop having fun with a game, um, that's when I start feeling like maybe it's too long as well. But I, I, I can't think of one specifically, um, but it, it, it's, as long as you're having fun with it, I, I don't know that I feel the length, right? And so I, if you're stressing out over the the time that, you know, it, it takes to schedule with your daughter and, and the different elements that the developers can't take into account for, then that that length feels longer than maybe it really is, right? I, I think I'm, that I'm trying to convey what I'm thinking, right? <laughs> but I, I think it's a subjective feeling because there's times where games aren't that long. I'll look at the how long to beat and it'll be 20 hours or something. But then I'll be on hour 35 and be like, well, maybe I'm making this feel too long because I'm doing all this extra stuff oh, and, you know, so on and so forth. So that that's my take on it. I, I think it's subjective, but it, there, you know, in your example, it absolutely sounds like it's way too long if you're only halfway through. <laughs> yeah, that's hard to say. I, I, I agree with Brad by saying that it's the developer's story, whatever time they think needs it needs to be told in, all that kind of thing. But at the same time, I can't think of a game that I've actually wanted to stay in one playthrough more than 100 hours. I have games like Cyberpunk that I'm on a third playthrough of and I'm 100 hours into it, or other games that I've played multiple different save files or or if I'm just goofing around in there somewhere, like Borderlands games or whatever. But I don't know. For me, the sweet spot, if we're just talking about personal preference, I like a 15 to 20 hour story. It's really hard for me to commit to more than that unless I just absolutely fall in love with the world like a cyberpunk. So I think hundred, like 160 hours I would be too long for me. I, I couldn't commit. I think I would just lose interest in it before then. Um, but then I can see people, if they love that, there are games that never end, right? Like MMORPGs, which I'm not a fan right. of, but but those games that never end and you love it so much and your character, you become one with your character and the people you meet and it's all about escaping to that world. So I can see where if it's something that you never want to end, where that length might be fun for you. But yeah, I, I think that's too long for me personally. And if it's starting to feel like a chore or you're saying I'm only halfway through this, then I think it's too long for you. I looked up my time on The Witcher 3, both versions on PS4 uh, earlier tonight for a topic that we're going to discuss later. Between the four playthroughs that I've played that game, I had 656 hours. And none of that ever felt too long to me because I was so in love with the world and just the characters and everything about it. So it, it just brings me back to 
if you're into it. Like if you're playing it to beat it and you're no longer into it, then it's going to feel longer than it is. But when you're in love with it, yeah, as you are with the Persona world, um, it it should go by quicker. Yeah, it maybe it's you know, yeah. it's also probably you know, exacerbated my specific situation in this specific game by the fact that I'm only playing it once every couple months at this point. So we're just not chunking through. If I was to be able to just fire it up and put 20 hours in one week in my progress, I would get to 160 a, a lot faster, obviously, right? And it would feel different because I was having that tangible progress that I could see. But I do just, it has really just kind of shown this bright light on the gaming industry as a whole. And and you're right, I think it is subjective because it also comes down to taste. There are people who truly just want to find that one game and play, like Kevin, playing Cyberpunk. Just not that you're like this overall, but you just want to play Cyberpunk over and over and over because you love it. You want to experience all that it has to offer and all the different classes. There's other people, and I tend to fall in the category of like, I want to, I want to beat everything, but that's at odds with my desire to try everything. <laughs> and so I'm always like oscillating back and forth because I want to like at least experience everything, but that means that I can't beat everything. And so I get pulled. And so I, I guess you're right. Ultimately, it's subjective. And that's really what it boils down to. But uh, yeah, anyway, just thought it was a interesting thing to think about uh, i'm curious anybody who's listening if you have an opinion on this by all means come join the discord and tell us what you think uh, about games and length maybe we can even throw up a poll somewhere and get an idea of what the majority feel but speaking of games that are not too long and games that we actually played and played enough to talk about <laughs> let's get into what we've been playing for the past week I have no idea how we, what kind of order we have done this in in the past, so I'm not going to try and just do it <laughs> in any specific rotation. Brad, your name starts with a B, so. <laughs> All right. I was about to say the B comes first, and then I realized that my name starts with an A, and it was like in real oh. time I was having that, oh, crap. Well, speaking of games that are too long, I got 100% on Ayuden, uh, Chrono... Uh, Chronicle Rising is that what it is? I, f I already forget the I name. I did Chronicle Rising. Yes. Rising, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I after you talked about it a couple weeks ago, I I was very intrigued and I checked it out, and it just became uh, a chore about halfway through. I think my total time on it, I told you, was I know yours was twenty four, and mine was getting close to that. Um, but halfway to that moment or to the hundred percent, I was just turning in quests to to get them done. I'd be have watching Kenobi or something on another screen and and turning in fetch quest to hit that level 50 and, and be done with it so that's kind of what I was thinking about when I was talking about games being too long was my uh my mindset was I was over that game halfway through I I, I paid attention to the main storyline when I felt level appropriate enough to finish it but just all the returning to the dungeons and everything was kind of kind of took its toll on me were you but, uh, were you actually listening to all the stuff that they were saying because I tried to play that game. It was way too talky-talky for me. I just was skipping through it trying to get to play the game. and Yeah, that happened to me about halfway. I was I was trying to pay attention because, as Aaron said, the dialogue's great. There were laugh-out-loud moments that I had. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head now. I mentioned them last week. But, yeah, some of the dialogue was really funny. But after a while, it was just so 
so fetchy. You know, go get this, bring it back. Go back to this place for the 40th time and bring me the same kind of ore that I've asked you for and you know, a while back. So, yeah, I, I, I started skipping through all the side stuff and only trying to pay attention to the story. And even at that point, I was like, man, I just don't care. So then let me, let me ask you, because this is a question I think a lot of people have for so-called trophy hunters and your mindset. Why? What is it that drives you to continue doing what you just described, which by your own words was essentially misery while watching Obi-Wan? <laughs> I enjoyed, you know, it, I versus think it's repetitive. playing yeah. something you enjoy, new or whatever. Anyway, go ahead. I think it was like I, uh, I do like the multitask, and this is very much a game where it's like the mechanics are really simple. You run into a dungeon, you fight some things, you upgrade your weapons, you pick up something, you return it. I think the 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 actions of doing that, there's a little bit of satisfaction in, in collecting all these quests, grabbing all the stuff that you need in this area, going back, turning it all in, getting the experience. Ultimately, like in, in real life, it, it means nothing, you know, but like, I guess going for that 100%, I felt like halfway through the story, I already have enough points on this game on the Xbox achievement score, whatever they call it there. I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to run through this. I, I knew that you did it, so I knew that it was possible, and I just, I, you know, I just kept doing it, you know, and it was something I could binge watch a TV show while doing, and and not feel like I'm missing anything crucial in the game because I, I guess ultimately I played it because it, I thought it sounded cool after you described it, and but it never really grabbed me like it did you to get invested in because you were really adamant about helping these people. It, it, you, you know, it really stood out as like, oh, this is really cool. Like they had enough of an impact that he cared, even when he didn't need to do these quests to, to continue to to go fetch these things that they wanted. And I like the concept of it, building the buildings, getting the perks from it. But ultimately, after doing it so many times, it was just repetitive, like MMO stuff, really. Like that's, you know, when I got to a point on on World of Warcraft where I was just doing daily quests to get experience and so on that like it just fizzled out for me, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, that's totally fair. Yeah. I wasn't at all arguing with your experience. I'm just, it's interesting to me when you find people who just want to beat game, or not just want to beat games for trophies, but you will spend more time pushing yourself to finish a game to get a trophy than you will put that time yeah. into some other game. And yeah, it doesn't really make choice. sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I, you know, for the, time that i did care i i did enjoy it i like i like the art style i'm interested it looks like the game that it's a companion to that's that's coming out eventually is more fleshed out and something that could be a lot of fun it's like it's a well, whole it's entirely RPG. different it, yeah, it's a but, full-on turn party turn-based party rpg like not... yeah but nothing repetitive like this right they might have I, no. i've only barely looked no. at it yeah this looks like a concept of what was something much larger and yes. and you know maybe Maybe that'll be something I do check out because the characters are cool. If and I know these ones aren't, from what I read, going to be in the the main game. It's kind of like a a prequel. Yeah, they are. Or are they? they? Are. That's the whole point. Is that some? Of, oh. Yeah. So the the main game is based off of the creator is from the Sweet Coden series, which is famous because of its ability to recruit upwards of a hundred different party members or team oh. members, and so the game is going to have like tons and tons and tons of people you can recruit. And these are a few of them, like specifically CJ oh, okay. and Guru and the other, the mage. Those are the, they should be like three of the ones you can recruit 
eventually you'll run into them. And so, okay. whereas in a main version of that, this is what the expectations are. And in the main games, you might have a hundred people, right? And you're going to have all these different random backstories for all these hundred people. Well, this time you're going to actually have some context for these specific characters. You're going to meet gotcha. them okay. after this has happened. And as opposed to it just being a, a drop in a couple of, you know, things, a dialogue, you're going to have this experience to build off of. That's the point. Of Interesting. It. Yeah, I'm a little interested in that because just looking at the preview of the other game, I thought it looked much larger in the grand scheme of things. And that'd be something to keep an eye on, I guess. But uh, the bigger news for me this week, and it's big news, is I got up Sunday morning, made some breakfast decided I'm going to beat that first boss in Returnal, and I did it. Yes! I did it. And it feels like right. a brand new game again. Like I was so excited to go into that new biome. started feeling like a chore for me, just like I was describing, where I was like, man, yeah. I enjoy playing this. It's a lot of fun, but when I lose, when I go have this great run, and I get to that boss, and I screw it up somehow, it's disheartening. It, it makes me not want to come back for a while. And after beating him, I had the perfect run for it. I had five adrenaline. I had a weapon proficiency of five something. My assault rifle was shooting faster than any gun that I've ever shot in that game before. And it just, it felt good. And I went through the first two phases of the boss without even getting hit and was like, okay, we got this. And it was so satisfying. My girlfriend told me before it happened, she goes, you're going to get it and it's going to feel so good. And I cannot describe, or I can't remember the last time I was, that satisfied in a video game after killing that guy because <laughs> I've tried probably a dozen times or less. But yeah, so now um, I still go through the first biome to, you know, level up, get some stuff before going into the second. But I don't I know that I don't have that wall in front of me now. And I'm so excited to to get back at it and, and get back into that game because it's so fun to play, but equally frustrating when something doesn't go right and you have to start all over. So um, that's my return to the boss in the biome, second biome yet. I did not. I've I've screwed up twice on one of those living. Uh, what are they called? I'm not sure. The 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 alien no that there's statues of. They're all aliens. See in, yeah. <laughs> oh no. But uh, <laughs> there's there's statues of them in the first biome all over, and you don't see any of them alive. You have the bats and all these things that that come yeah. at you. But in the second biome, those things are alive, and and you run into them here and there, and they're they're not too bad. But they caught me off guard the first time, and that's that's what got me. So okay. Um. I'm excited to go back, excited to venture further into that world because I can't express enough how fun and how good it feels to play that game. So that's one I'm picking back up and getting more into. And then uh, the last game that I picked up this week, um, which I've played through twice, is Alice Madness Returns. Uh, apparently, there's a third game in the works. I don't. There's not a Kickstarter or anything, but you can get on his Patreon for updates. Um, but it's it's like a it's like a gothic take on Alice in Wonderland, and it is I've always enjoyed that the art style of it, where she it's not like the daydreaming. It's she's she's mentally broken from from a tragedy in her life, and her Wonderland is like different fragments of her mind that are broken, and she goes in and has to repair it or repair Wonderland to kind of fix her mental health and. But it's 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 a darker take on Alice in Wonderland, and it's 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 really cool. So what is it? Oh, I don't I'm even sorry. think I it's not a popular it <laughs> game. So yeah, yeah it's, like, a, it's it's like an action uh, platformer. The first one came out in two thousand one, 
or 2000, one of those two years, and it was more of a platformer game. And you're going through, you're going through these fragments of Wonderland and defeating these monsters, I guess. And then it's like bloody, sec- it's dark, it's like it's, it's, it's like knives and yeah, it's it's dark and, and blood. It's it's I would say PG thirteen, I think more so than rated R because it, it's just more weird than gruesome, you know, gory or anything. But yeah, she's holding a bloody knife on the, on the, that's like the cover screen. Cover, so it's right. right. The second one, she's, she's recovered from, you know, her, her guilt and her grief from the, the events of the first game. And it's more of an action, third person action game where you are going back into wonderland to this this big train is kind of wrecking it and you got to figure out why i'm I'm trying to be vague because i think the experience is, is kind of cool yeah it's just something i really liked and i thought i'd check it out again and it's they're on cool. game pass I... right now as well yeah oh i didn't realize that's right because they're ea right and yeah so you have to have the ea launcher which is kind of annoying but it's but if it you're is on what it is. if you're on xbox can you get them or is it just pc do you know i do not know okay i'm pretty sure that they're on they're not pc games i mean they're they've been on console i played them on console years ago so i'm almost positive they would be on console now they started on pc though so like i had the pc cd-rom back when the the original the first one did yeah came out yeah and then the second one came out with a downloadable code included for the for the original game as well Okay. Those are cool games though. I I I would check I mean, I think they're worth checking out, Aaron, because they're pretty neat twist on them. the one. Oh, you have all Yeah, they're cool. I I am excited. There's a third one coming out. It's been so long since I've played those games, but I always really enjoyed them and the art style and how weird they were of a take on Alice in Wonderland and yeah, that'll be neat. Yep. That's that's all I've been doing in my limited game time. Well, well Kevin, did you have time to get to anything? <laughs> <laughs> I did actually, but Aaron, since your name starts with an A, what have you been up to? All right, well, I'll go next. So, a uh, brief update on the Thrustmaster flight stick. It did come in, so I was able to take that for a spin with the new DLC for Ace Combat 7. It was a blast. I initially had a little bit of a struggle trying to get used to it, which... I fully expected was going to be the case. I fired up the beginning mission of the campaign, which you can replay. And I did it on like the most easy setting possible just to get the flying aspect down without really having to worry about getting shot down uh, in the process. And I started to kind of figure things out here and there. There's a lot of buttons on this Thrustmaster stick. It is really cool because you have on your left hand, you have the throttle, which goes forward and backward. And your fingers have buttons that they can operate. Your thumb has a button it can operate. And then the right one is your joystick that takes you left, right. And it also can spin in a 360 degree manner. So you can spin it as well as turn it left and right. And it just, you've got an insane amount of control that you don't have when you're just using the thumbsticks on a controller. And it was a bit overwhelming to be honest, but after a couple of times going through that simple first mission and feeling like I at least had a handle on it somewhat, I went back to my next actual mission in the game on 
the whatever difficulty I was playing on the main game campaign. And it was very much like the mission in Top Gun Maverick. So I was excited because it has a lot of elements from that, like having to take out SAM sites and radar sites that are kind of buried in a canyon and while being while having missiles shot at you and then ultimately coming out of that and ending up in a dogfight. It's it's so reminiscent of it that it's crazy. And so I was a little bit scared to be honest because I knew I had to be flying this jet through canyons like literal big pillars of rock and I had to squeeze the jet and then like a radar station would be at the bottom of the canyon behind that big pillar. So you had to really maneuver these things. And the whole time, Sam's missiles like coming at me. I'm trying to dodge them. It's crazy. Is it like the movie run? Do you get to do the movie thing? No, no, no. Uh, So the DLC, just as a quick offhand, is just jets and patches and call signs and things like that. It's not not actual story content yeah i knew some people who were excited and really hoped that we would get to play the actual mission i think that would have been really awesome if they'd have been able to make that work they don't try to tie in a story mission like that yeah that would have a dlc mission that was exact same would have been phenomenal to play honestly but that's not what it is but i did use one of the jets from it and it was pretty amazing because once i got into these canyons and slowed way down i started to just kind of mesh with this flight stick and i realized how much control i had and the i mean it didn't take long i think i crashed out and burned the first time i tried that mission pretty quickly but the second time i beat it and I hadn't beat it oh, wow. like with the with the joint with the regular controller. Like I'd failed the mission like three or four times previously, but I beat it with the flight stick on my second try. Nice. And it was just because I had so much control. Specifically, in this game, when you are a high speed jet and your fighter, you're against these really really high speed drones. Like they're much faster than you. They can turn on a dime. And the one aspect of the th- Thrustmaster flight stick I found to be the most helpful is that when you're chasing a drone and it goes by you and you need to basically do a 180, if you are using a controller, you can only do so much of a turn. So it's basically like, think of it in your car, you're taking this big sweeping arc, right? To come all the way around. And you're kind of like chasing because it's always moving. That's the thing. You're not, these are not stationary targets. They're moving at the same time. So it's a very slow thing. In this, with the, the stick, you can throttle down to basically stop your speed and, and almost put yourself in reverse effectively and push up on the stick. It's very, it looks a lot like what Maverick does when he's doing his hit the brakes and they'll fly right by move as far as like your actions. But when you do that, your plane does about a 180 on a dime, just like the drones. It's like, whoop, and then you can throttle up and bam, you're right on their tail, tone, lock, missile, boom, victory, right? So it's it's awesome. I mean, I've had so much fun with it. I'm excited to have my son get a chance to check it out. So I haven't kept going because we were playing the game together and alternating missions and it's technically his turn and I want him to 
have a chance to play with it, you know, versus me just burning through them and, and him, I want him to still see the story in the same way. So we'll be doing it some more. I'm not sure yet if I'm going to try it out with the DLC for Microsoft flight sim or not. I may, there's also planes for that one and I have it downloaded, but it's a little bit more of an effort to get my laptop out to the TV and, and I just, it's Microsoft flight sim is much more technical and it's not my speed of a type of game. To be honest, I wouldn't play it normally. So that's a crazy game and it is complicated. The flight simulator one, but I thought it was really neat when it was on game pass, I fired it up and it uses Google maps or Bing, I guess probably because it's Microsoft and you can go anywhere. I flew to, I flew out of my airport by the house i landed on the street next to my house i just landed i could see all the stores around me it generates 3d maps from the real bing maps and so for people in st louis like brad that you know that know it's like i landed on manchester road right in front of my house and i tried to taxi up my street so cool it's it's really neat how they do that so flight even though i'm not into like i don't know what all the buttons mean and all that but i put it in the easiest mode or whatever that i could use just to get going and i flew out of the airport and landed near my house and it was really neat to see all the stores and everything and there's there's cars that are going up and down the roads and everything it's neat well that's cool i mean i may get to it eventually i just it's not a priority (laughs) at this point you know next time i have the stick out maybe it'll you know be because it's a little bit you got to take out the stick and plug it in and I mean, it's not hard, but it's just an extra step um, compared to normal gaming. I think what everyone wants to know, Aaron, is do you put on a flight suit and wear the aviators when you're playing the game? (laughs) They don't want to know that, but no, I don't. I don't have any. uh, You did. (laughs) If I was streaming on Twitch, maybe I would do that. That would actually be a lot of fun, but no, I'm not. A cosplayer by any stretch of imagination, so I don't have that sort of gear. What's your call sign? I don't have a call Since sign. Maverick's already taken, you need to have one. I don't know. I don't know. I, you're not, you don't Turn up, boy. My... Oh, my <laughs> goodness gracious. He's going to be in every episode. No, not. <laughs> oh, my We're going to call him Turnip. No. Turnip. Oh. Your call sign Turnip. <laughs> no. Yes, Why there is it, it is. mine? Why is it not Kevin's? Kevin's the Just one who like, introduced everybody to the game. <laughs> Would you rather I be Mayor know. Onion? Oh, no. Neither. No. <laughs> Mr. Lemon or whatever that guy's neighbor's <laughs> name is. <laughs> oh boy. Well, the uh, the other thing, the one that I put the most time into this past week was I decided to finally give Ghostwire Tokyo a shot. Uh, it's a game from Tango Gameworks and Bethesda. Tango Gameworks, if you're not familiar with them, is the studio behind The Evil Within 1 and 2. And so they've got some great horror gameplay roots there. This game is essentially like a horror game. It's set in Tokyo and it's in first first person. I guess it was originally going to have either the option to switch between first person and third person because I believe The Evil Within is in third person and does yeah, that and the trailer the, the makes trailer it look like it's a third person game and so right I, my son played it i bought it at the 50 percent off thing uh on playstation and i didn't play it but ryan did and he told me he's like i thought this was going to be third person so that was confusing yeah. they took it they took that part out i guess it's one of the things where if you're cutting things in the development timeline it, it makes it he said it made it easier 
Gotcha. Ultimately, I thought that would be a negative for me because I love the third person style, like in Resident Evil or like in Control. And this turns out that I love the first person. So I'm actually kind of glad that it worked out oh, the way cool. that it did. The main story is about a guy named Akito. That's your character. He's a 22 year old student. He's in a traffic accident and he wakes up and there is chaos everywhere fire, big ag, you know, just just absolutely mass destruction and essentially a rapture like event has happened. Everyone is gone. There's no humans around. It's just a bunch of pile of clothes all over the city. And on top of that, he is possessed by this random ghost that calls himself KK. And there's this big main evil entity that starts summoning bad ghosts and other spirits to attack you. And the game is you going on this little quest line. It ultimately the first part of it is you are looking for your sister and you find out she's been taken. And so you're trying to track her down and you spend the game trying to coexist with this KK ghost that's living inside of you. And you're both struggling to share this body, but because of him, you have these powers and these abilities to interact with the spirits and the world in a way that a normal human wouldn't be able to. And it's what allows you to kind of stay alive at this point as a human. And it's a really interesting push and pull from the narrative perspective because he's talking to you. And I really like that style of storytelling where there's like a narrator it's kind of like bastion where there's this narrator that is constantly telling you what's going on it's like that only kk's having a conversation with your character it's cool because his voice comes out of not only the tv but also faintly out of the dual sense controller That's and so cool. it's almost like a it's, it, it gives it like an eerie effect i don't want to say that their voices are offset per se, but they're happening at the same time. And so your ears hearing the one in the controller, which is closer to it, but it's also hearing it coming from the TV. And I really dig it because it, it almost gives it like a staticky, it makes it feel ghostly, honestly, right? And, and I like that about it. The game also had a prologue. I should mention real quick. There's a, I want to say 30 minute prologue you can download and play. It's about, a, it's a visual novel. And it has like one or two little moments where you do action sequence type stuff. And I thought it was completely not worth the time. You barely get to know the characters. There are a few of KK's like coworkers that you learn about and you get introduced to in the prologue and you learn about KK, who he was before being a ghost. So in that regard, it does kind of help, I guess, once you're playing the main game. And you do have those characters show up at different times or get mentioned uh, in the main game. But I just, even looking back at it, it, it's just one little really brief case from him in his detective life pre-ghost. And it doesn't, it doesn't add nearly enough, in my opinion, to make it worth the time and the boredom of just, it's just a click-through visual novel for the most part. So totally skippable, FYI. But... The game, I love this game. So aesthetic of it is amazing. It's got a lot of style to it. It's kind of neon at times in its color, but it, the world is completely dark. It's foggy. You're trying to lift the fog in various areas. It's open world. So like any Ubisoft game, you've got to 
go do a thing. In this game, it's cleansing a Tory gate, and it will clear the fog in a little bit of a zone, and then you can go find another gate to clear. So you can lift the fog in that, and then you, you know, you lift the fog, and then you just keep going and going and going and going and going. And it never ends, it feels like. But it's it's got a very spooky and supernatural vibe to the game. I would say that's how it is. More, It's more that than scary, but it's compelling to me. I am loving the Japanese folklore that it's based on. It's tons of like their version of our stories and fairy tales and campfire, t- you know, uh, stories that you would tell to scare kids. And so I want to read every nugget of information in this game. Like I'm interested in clicking on the ground and finding out on this pile of clothes and finding a, a mom's final text to a son, like right before they got raptured. Like that stuff is really intriguing to me. And I want to know what's going on. And I've found myself looking up some of the, cause I don't understand half of the references that they're making. You know, they'll talk, there'll be a specific ghost that is unique to Japanese culture that has a whole story behind it. And I don't know what it is except what the game tells me. And I'll find myself Googling to look that ghost up and find out what's going on behind it. So I really love the world. There's a stealth kill mechanic which I think is awesome. I think every game should have a stealth kill mechanic because I will put points into that, upgrading it and getting it good to go first because it's, it's, it's very helpful. And then the main combat, I think, is a highlight of the game because it is extremely satisfying. It's called ethereal weaving. And what it is is it's magic attacks and you you have wind, you have fire, you have ice, and you you know, wave your little fingers in certain patterns and shoot different types of magic in different ways. Like fire tends to come out as bolts or big bombs. Ice is like a wave or like a slicing type of thing. And then wind is like a, almost like bullet style. It's like real quick hitters. And And then Captain Planet shows up. And then, (laughs) not yet, maybe, maybe that's coming. But uh, you ultimately like are damaging the center of each of these spirits and and it's like their chest starts to break open and get gold, gold, more gold, 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 and it gets bigger and bigger. And ultimately you get enough of it open and then you put, you connect to them with the L2 button and there are these gold bands of magic that connects to this centerpiece and you pull and you rip it out their heart from them and it explodes them into like their little, you know, magic, resource essentially and xp and health and all that stuff but it is absolutely awesome from a presentation standpoint it's very repetitive but i never have gotten tired of it yet it looks fantastic i just want to do it every time because the kill mechanic the the animation of doing these kills is sick and so it makes you want to do them over and over and the other mechanics, you know, you can like throw down these different types of totems that do things like freeze people in place or you've got, I've got one now that I throw down that creates a bush so that I can hide behind it and then sneak up behind people. It like blocks vision. There's another part of the game is you can go around and there's all of these souls in the city that are left there because they, you know, their bodies are gone. And you're trying to suck them up, essentially. There's you're, So you're collecting them, and then you're uploading them to free them. And there are, 
I, I want to say a couple hundred thousand of these things that you're working on, you, you get anywhere from 100 to like 700 at a time. And so part of the game is you're collecting those. And this is where some of the issues present themselves is because there are just so many things that you can do, right? You can collect these souls, which you have to do because that's how you get XP in addition to killing. But you're also worried about the killing. But you're also finding 40 plus little statues around the zones to pray to, to up your magic just a little bit. You're looking for, you know, there's side quests in the game. There's stores and collectibles in the game, and you can find certain stores that they're like basically asking you to find a certain collectible and they will reward you for that. And you can get music and outfits and emotes for photo mode and all the, all the stuff, right? It's got all the different things you would expect from an open world game. There's dogs and cats. You can pet the dog. You can give the dog dog food and the dog will run off and dig and like dig up money for you. It's pretty cool. And that's fun. It's I just, like that when there's little, there's so much. little touches the like pets that part is animals. Great. Yeah. Where, yeah, I mean, it's one thing if it's just like petting it and then, okay, they do the same thing every time you pet them. But when you can actually like befriend them or they'll show up when you don't expect and bring you something, I think that's a really oh, neat yeah. kind of a touch. Yeah, I, I do too. And if you're an animal lover in general, it's great because not only are there dogs and cats in the world, but all of the shop owners are cats. They're like oh. the the ghost cat from Japanese culture. So <laughs> they're there and you, they're just, they're yokai. Uh, ghosts of, are called yokai and it, it's awesome i mean it's a very slow burn detective story and i find it a fascinating game that i really enjoy playing and i'm also pleased because just in may they put out a patch that fixed the visual presentation people were having issues with it and people were having serious dead zone in their controllers um, I've read a lot of people just wouldn't play it because it just didn't feel like snappy and, and the way it should. I've had okay. to deal with none of that. <laughs> and it's cool that a AAA studio was that quick to do that after getting player feedback. So yeah, so they, they did. Oh, they also added stuff. So in this update, they expanded fast travel, which I cannot imagine this game without fast travel. I, it would have been a real chore, but they, from the very start of the game, you can basically fast travel all over the place and that's oh, very helpful I like that yeah my my biggest issues with it are simply there's a lack of enemy variety and they hit really hard the way that health works though is you every time you eat or drink something they all have a certain value of raising your max health as well so okay, it nice. will like it's like 0.4 or 0.5. So it'll it'll heal you in the moment, but it'll also up your health overall by 0.5. And so it's almost like you want to spam heal yourself. It's it's kind of cool cuz it's like a it you know, if you're taking a lot of damage, you're getting a slowly building benefit from that. The other problem is just that it's big. This is a gigantic Tokyo and it is very spread out and there is nothing happening in the world other than I mean other than these enemies that you'll come across every once in a while there's there's not a lot going on and so i can understand why people would get tired of doing the same things over and over pretty quickly and i am curious how that's going to work for me because i really want to see the end of this story but i'm very distracted 
and it happens to me in big open world games of every single kind. I just want to do everything. And when I do everything, I don't push the story forward. And then I get tired before I finish the story. And I, I have to fight this urge. And it's, I think it's going to take me just pushing the story forward on purpose and letting the rest not happen. But it's against my nature. And I don't know if I'll be I, able to. So we'll see. I think that's really interesting that you bring that up because it could be a whole nother topic. But just briefly, I had that thought the other day where I'm like, I'm not going to get through these games unless I just try to finish the story. So I'm actually actively trying to do that very thing so I can finish a story and then I can go back and do side missions and things if I want to, because otherwise I'm just going to, like you said, I'm going to get bored of it. I'm never going to finish the story and then I'm going to drop all of it. So that's kind of like my new strategy is just, just like ignore, put your blinders on, stop trying to do this other stuff. Let's see if we can beat this thing. Yeah. That's I'm glad to hear you're trying it. Cause I, I guess I may have to as well. I really do love this game. Like I like the word. I want to know what's going to happen. And I, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. It's weird to say that, that it's a problem that you like a game, but, <laughs> but in this context, right, it is. Right. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I believe it's not very long. I'm only, I want to say 10 to 11 hours into it. And I believe it's, you know, 20 to 24 tops to beat the story with doing a whole bunch of the side stuff like I've done. So it's not that daunting. I could probably push on and most likely I will be glad that I did. Cool. So that's Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, real quick, the only other thing that I wanted to mention was I sat down the other night and I had an incredibly random desire to play certain games. And these games that I was wanting to play, none of them were ones that I was in the middle of. The options were an Undertale replay. I played Undertale way back in the day on my PC. Fallout New Vegas or one of the new Resident Evil remakes. Very Ooh. weird, very out of no idea how these choices came about. So I ended up buying a bunch of stuff. I bought Undertale on PlayStation, even though it's on Game Pass on Xbox, because Undertale is a very easy platinum from what I could tell. And I thought, well, I love this game. It's awesome. I'm just going to go and get the platinum for this game that I love. Why wouldn't I do that? It's very cheap. Might as well. And I fired it up. And it's a beat it in one night kind of game. It's a top-down 2D. It's considered an RPG. If you're not familiar with Undertale, I don't know what rock you've been under for the last decade, but it is a highly, highly acclaimed, one of the biggest indie games of all time. It's made by a guy named Toby Fox, who actually composed some music for Pokemon Sword and is composing music for the new Pokemon game that is coming out later this year as well. So the music in this game is one of its greatest highlights. And but it's a very unique type of gameplay. And so essentially you're a human that wakes up in the underground and it's filled with monsters and the whole game is a subversion of the tropes of RPGs where humans just kill monsters for XP and in this game the monsters have a society. And so it's putting a face behind this thing that we just find to be completely disposable. And at the, and so I, you know, I liked it the first time I went through it. I think that the story is pretty interesting. 
the bullet hell combat sequences are extremely unique. It's, it's got a method of combat where you go into a screen with an enemy and you can either fight it or you can talk to it sometimes. You can have conversation. And ultimately, you have the option of sparing, I think, every single thing you come across in the game. And so you can do like a pacifist run where you don't kill anything. You can do a genocide run where you murder everything. And it's got different endings and different stories. That part of the game is is very cool conceptually. Like, I like the idea of that. And the bullet hell sequences in the combat are amazing. It's my favorite part of the game. They're almost all different. So depending on the monster, you get a different thing. Like you, a monster might throw out a wavy attack and you have to dodge it. You have a, like a heart in the center of a big box. You Maybe you have to dodge this wave or it might be like a pulsing, you know, balls of light that you have to dodge. It's, it's kind of very random and it's very much a fun exercise to find out what to do and to make those decisions about kill or don't be killed. The problem I had though, is that this game is very much a comedy sketch that is stretched out and made a story. It does very poor RPG elements. I don't think it's fair to call it an RPG in a lot of ways. You get a couple of different upgrades for your weapon and your defense, but ultimately they're just, you either find them or you don't, and there's no choice. Obviously, you would put the one on that's better. It's got one stat, <laughs> attack. Power and defense power. Like, there's no real decision making there. And it, there's no breadth of changing your character. It's just moving through. And to me, that's not really an RPG. The RPG elements come in the choices you make in the dialogue, whether you kill or don't kill. But it's very light in that regard. Ultimately, though, the problem I have is just that the comedy starts to wear out its welcome. And I got to a point, and I, I should ask if either of you have played this game so you'll know what I'm talking about. Maybe you're not. I haven't. I, I actually, it's funny that you mentioned it. I, a few days ago, I almost downloaded it. I, I know of it. I've never played it and I almost did. And did. Okay. I wish I would have now <laughs> go figure. Well, you get to a point in this game and I would say it's the last third, maybe slightly over halfway. And all the characters, all the monsters are typically like very whimsical. Like I said, it's comedy. It's, that quirky comedy, think Earthbound comedy, that's really the the kind of yeah. predecessor to that style. And you get to a point where this one character gives you a Facebook app on your cell phone. And <laughs> for about two hours, it feels like every two seconds, the character texts you, calls you, posts a Facebook status, and it's constantly like, popping a notification up on your screen. So you're imagining like Grand Theft Auto, man. Moving right to left, right? You're just trying to walk across a screen. That's all you're trying to do. And you get stopped by this da 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 and then you X out. Da 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 and you X out. You move five feet. Da 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 and you X out. You move five feet. Oh, I posted a picture. And it's stupid stuff. That's the thing is it's not helpful. It's all nonsense. None of it actually is a tr contributing to your beating of the game. Even the parts that supposedly are end up just being not true and therefore comedic value. And so it stops you from doing it. So all I wanted to do was finish the dang game. And I got to the point where I wanted to chuck my controller into the TV. I was, I was legitimately furious with the way that this game was treating me 
because it wasn't funny, it wasn't interesting, and it was just completely hindering my own ability to play it. And I was like, why? Why are you like this? <laughs> why are you the way that you are? And I got to the point where I have come into this game with positive memories of it, and I totally understood why it was praised the way it was. And now I cannot fathom how people think this is one of the best games of all time. IGN made, named it the number 20 game of all time. That is a joke, period. Joke, complete joke. I have no earthly idea how, even from a like objective standpoint, you could potentially go there because the art style is really crappy. It, it's not drawn well. That's not this guy's strength. And there's just so many elements. It's like it's almost like they put so much stock and weight into the really cool killer don't kill mechanic of the game that they just ignored it, all of the faults of the game. But and you loved I don't this think game that before, fair. right? I, I thought I did. Come to find out, it's the it's the bullet hell combat aspect that I really love, and the choice, the talking to the monster. So I like the mechanic of actually engaging with combat but you actually don't fight very often random battles are they're very sparse so it's not like a, some rpgs where you're you're typically grinding you know enemies even yeah it, and it's just so it's it's like 75 percent of it is this comedy sketch of storytelling that stops you and doesn't let you move on until you in, you have to watch it you have to listen to but it you have to you're forced do you think that since you've already been through the story and you've heard the joke so long ago that maybe now it's just repetitious where it was original at first? I don't think so. Cause the ones there's still some funny ones. Um, the first act is particular is still was still inter entertaining to me. It deals with a couple of skeleton brothers that have become pretty famous named uh, Papyrus and Sans. Yes. They're named after fonts <laughs> <laughs> and well, they, they have some really hilarious jokes and stuff. And I enjoy, I remember enjoying that the first time, but yeah, after that point, it just, it's, it's like off of a cliff as far as my personal enjoyment goes. And I just, it sucked because I, I posted a tweet the other night. I was like, has anybody ever experienced having a game you thought you loved and then you played it again and you were like, not at all. So I can see the qualities that make it worth playing. I can see the qualities that make it somewhat entertaining and and definitely there are some good things about it but i just compared to its lofty status as one of the best indies ever made i think it's insane and i had to get it off my chest so i appreciate you letting me rant <laughs> yeah no problem i'm gonna try to download this game i do need to play it now i'll try to play it before next week's discussion i want to see what my impression is not knowing a lot about it i've of course seen it and heard of it but i never played it before that i can remember i'm gonna check it out i'll let you know that is that would very be surprising. awesome yeah. yeah five hours it would be cool to hear whether or not you agree because maybe you guys like play it and you don't maybe you let in on you know the side of the the reviewer that give it a ten to ten out of IGN and thinks it's one of the best ever. But I would love to to hear that. I'll <laughs> let you know. I'll try. I'll 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 definitely try to check it out. I do want to say that that annoying cell phone thing is what drives me insane in Grand Theft Auto Five. They are calling you, especially uh, the 
the guy that gives you missions, I can't even remember what mm-hmm. his name is, but the dude is calling you every two seconds and then someone else is texting you, someone's calling you, it's popping up constantly, you hear the ringing. The last time I checked, there was no way to turn it off. Now, I, I don't play it a lot. I haven't even played Grand Theft Auto in probably close to a year now, but uh, they, it, and this is like during the story more. I think online you still get that stuff, but especially during the story, I'd be trying to go off and do side missions and the guy is calling me constantly and I'm like, I don't want to do this. Or like, they, they're calling you for heists and they're calling you for this and come check this out and i'm like why can you not turn this off why would a big open world game like grand theft auto where there's so many missions to do not let you turn off the stupid cell phone it's always in the corner of the screen and it's always popping up so that was triggering something in my memories where that is my very that's very least favorite part very much exactly what this is yeah only yeah yeah you'll you'll see you'll see what i mean and it's maybe i was more patient as a you know, mid thirties than I am early forties. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, right. so that's my experiences for the week. It's been fun. I have one other tag along with that because okay. resident evil remakes were randomly in this desire. I want to make a deal that if RE4 remake gets announced officially tomorrow at Sony's state of play for the summer, I will beat one of those two remakes before next podcast uh, so that I can talk about it. One, either RE2 Ooh. or RE3, one of the two I'll completely finish and go through uh, for the next podcast. So that's gonna that's what I'm going to do if they announce RE4. I will say three is a lot shorter if, if you're trying to do it because uh, it was supposed to be a side game yeah. initially. So if you're going to do that and you want to be not crunched for time, I would choose three. But they're both so so good but two is so good oh yeah oh absolutely two i would not tell so him not to play it but if he's crunching for the next podcast i would i would do three and they don't crunch crunch is oh, bad we don't crunch you're right <laughs> <laughs> i didn't have anything to add for for undertale other than since i haven't played it but are you aware of its sequel or its secret sequel it's not secret i've got it's it like, on what? multiple platforms delta okay, room i just yeah. want yeah, okay. I thought it was so cool when I heard about that on a podcast several months ago that it was released and then people realized that, oh, this was Undertale, but like Delta Rune is just an anagram for that. It and is. I, again, it's, I don't know much oh, about cool. the game and the, everything. And I was like, oh, that's really cool how they did that if it was supposed to be a secret sequel or something. But yeah, I went into this with the expectation <laughs> of platinuming it, which I did, by the way. I got the platinum. It's the only reason I'm able to stomach the waste of my time last night uh, but oh. i was gonna follow it up with delta rune and th- i have zero z like less than zero desire to put myself through that now if it's anything like undertale maybe you'll change my mind i don't know well, all right well hopefully you feel lighter aaron i'm glad you got that <laughs> i do chest. i do i feel better cheer me up kevin tell me about something you played you, you loved like get us back on track with the, the positivity of the games in the podcast all right well yeah i didn't really have any negative uh situations going on this week which was really nice i played a lot of stuff i was still messing with the steam deck trying out different things with compatibility uh, i don't have too many specifics i downloaded like 10 different games played them they all worked wonderfully like i swear i'm not being paid by valve i'm we're not sponsored by them or steam deck but seriously 
Honestly, if you have a chance to get one or you're on the fence about it and you think you might like one, I'm amazed at how well games run, how good they look. The battery life is like five to six hours of use on the thing. And it's it's really, really impressive. Uh, but uh, one of the games that I played that was actually a recommendation from Discord. So uh, if you do join the Discord, there's a lot of fun discussion. And also people are recommending games that they've played and games they love, all that stuff. So Teeps on the Discord brought up one of uh, their, I guess their number one top played game I think it was number one or number two was the binding of Isaac and I know Aaron gave me trouble because he's like I can't believe you haven't heard of this it's one of the most <laughs> impressive indie games of all time or whatever kind of like in the Undertale category I guess I had never heard of this game it's made by the the guy that did uh, Super Meat Boy which I have played so I, I I have that and I'm familiar with it I guess I just missed this one and binding of Isaac is one of the weirdest games I've ever played uh, <laughs> I mean, it is out there bizarre, and not, not that I'm opposed to that. I, I played several hours of it, and I thought it was really super fun. But man, I did not know what I was getting into because I went in blind. I, I just bought it. Uh, Teeps had like hundreds of hours into it and said it was so amazing and all that. And I'm like, all right, it's a uh, it's a roguelike, I guess, kind of a dungeon crawling RPG type game. It's it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, you're basically uh, going from dungeon to dungeon to dungeon, kind of like a Zelda type dungeon. And uh, you're just fighting these crazy monsters. They're they're so crudely drawn and weird. And you're like picking up placentas and absorbing them. And I mean, it is weird growths and monsters and body parts and blood and, but it's cartoony. It's like 2d super crudely drawn cartoony. So anyway, it's super weird. I guess it has something to do with the Bible. It's, it's a religious stuff too like i don't i don't really know of a story so far in playing it than the time i have but i kept seeing things when i was reading about it that it had something to do with biblical references and stuff but i don't know it's just wild but it's a lot of fun i i played for like almost two i want to say like an, maybe an hour and a half without dying like i was just going and going and going and you've played this right aaron i guess both I you have. guys have played this mm -hmm. okay i got there's like it's like there's a little sub map at the top and there's maybe five different dungeons or, or areas that you go to. And I got to the end and I was on the boss of the, what I think is the fifth and final, if I'm remembering correctly. And it was this huge boss showdown. My health was almost gone. I didn't have any items to replenish my health. No one was, none of the little demon creatures were dropping anything for me. And I'm pretty sure I beat the bad guy. And I say that because I restarted or something like I, I i'm like i thought i hit him with one health like one little bit of health left for me and i thought i beat it but i restarted so is that what it does do you just restart five things over and over or did i actually lose i was just confused with what happened did you fight mom because i mom is like uh, one of the the main bosses is mom Okay. Uh, I, I don't know the order of them, but it is a roguelike. Yeah. So the game is built on runs. You just you're just doing a run through it, and you either win it or you lose it. But I believe you get credits when you win. And okay. the whole thing is like you're picking up these different random powers, and nothing tells you what it is. So yeah, all the items that change your you know shooting and I mean they, they can give you positive effects, they can give you negative effects, and really. I've watched more of it because I've watched Teeps play it for hundreds of hours, literally. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's all about like he knows what all the items do because of time. Sure. But if you just are picking it up for the first time, you'll have no clue what the things do. Like yeah. and the way that you 
end up being successful is you find the right mold or merging of different items, right? You want to find, you want to create the synergies of the different things. And I, yeah, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but I do know it's based on like a run and you can get credits. So I don't know. Okay. Maybe you won, maybe I, you didn't. I, yeah, I just don't know. So I'll have to, I'll have to play it some more. I mean, I ended up starting again, but I, my very first run that I had, I was doing so well. I got to the point where I had, so your character shoots these little blue balls and it's tears. like, uh, they're tears. Uh, they're tears. Okay. So mm -hmm. they're shooting these items and they're kind of slow, but you fire one after another. And then I got it to where I actually could move. I could control the tier without moving my character. So I would go far away from all the enemies and I could just hover the tier over all my enemies and I was destroying everyone and my health was going up and I had all these different things. And since I was able to kind of hide or dodge things while I was actually, like if a boss was across the map, I was hiding and dodging over on the other side and just hovering and doing damage. So it was so great. And that first run lasted me so long, which I was surprised that I was making it like an hour and a half into the game because I think Teeps even said in the thing like, oh, you die, it, it's hard or whatever at first. And I'm like, I'm, I don't know how I'm still playing this game without dying. But anyway, it was super fun, super addictive. I I will be playing it more. I'm really happy with the recommendation. Again, super weird. I, I was like, I, at first I was taken back by like, what is this that I'm playing? This is bizarre, but it's a really, really fun roguelike experience. I like the the dungeon crawly aspect of it. It's There's so much, like it's the randomly generated rooms and, and layouts and monsters and everything. So like I mentioned before, the Rogue Legacy 2, it really kept my attention. So that's my kind of gaming that I like these days, the stuff I can pick up and it's all random. So I'm like, I haven't seen this before and it's a new challenge. So really, really fun game. I'm glad that I got that one. So I'll let you guys know how that goes. I actually rolled credits on a game though, which is a, a rarity for me. Uh, right, congrats. Thank you, but it this is this one was kind of a cheat though because I played it so much before and gave up on it for a little bit. This is a game that Brad bought for me called Inscription. Yay! And I know Aaron has a little bit of experience with this and Brad certainly has beat the game. I loved this game. Brad told me about it, how cool it was and was giving me a little bit of a it's a it's a card game, but to to explain what this game is, there's so much to it. It's like a game within a game within a game it's it's just amazing you need to check it out if you like any kind of card games but also a really good story and mystery with horror elements to it it's such a neat game but i had given up because i got to like i don't know let's call it the third of four areas in the game and i was stuck because i couldn't tell where to go and i'm the type of person that does not like to look things up on the internet i don't like to ask people for help i just i figure if the game you know the game should be made in a way where i can figure out where to go and challenging is one thing but if it feels broken like i just can't figure it out it's frustrating to me so i put the game aside even though i loved it so much i mean i was binging it playing it like 10 hours the first night i got it or whatever couldn't put it down and i got to this area and got so frustrated i couldn't figure it out so i booted it back up for the first time in at least a month maybe it's been two months and i walked to this area and figured out what to do in five minutes like isn't that how it always is it was crazy. I gave up in this game that I love. Not gave up. I knew I'd come back to it, but I was so frustrated because I played the game for a good two hours, not knowing what to do, like a straight two hours of 
I had walked away from it before, came back to it two hours, and I said, I just wasted my time. Like, not two hours of puzzle solving, two hours of collecting things or side stories or reading. I'm talking about two hours walking around a map, going to every single area, trying to press everything that I could find. And so anyway, that's just a frustrating thing that was that one part of the game. I never experienced anything like that in the rest of the game, but it's a really, really neat story. It's really cool how it makes you feel like you're actually in the game. It kind of absorbs you like you're playing this card game and you are supposed to be the character that you're playing. Like you kind of... Uh, it does a really good job with the lore of, of sucking you into the game and you feel like you're there and you're and uh, you're there are computer screens in the game and you feel like it's your computer that you're sitting at. So really, really neat. Uh, I After I beat the game, I, I was I thought it was a really cool th- way that the story was told. But then I found out there was so much more to the game. There were things hidden in the game. There were uh, like. Uh, what do you call them? Like a hidden, like a virtual, what is it like? Not augmented reality, but what's the term for it? ARG. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like, like uh, these people, there are people that were involved with forums on the, that were really into the lore and the mystery of the game. And they were dissecting pieces of code. And this is stuff I would have no idea how to do. I think it's so cool watching YouTube videos and hearing people that are solving these puzzles, but it's just not something that I would like break the code open and be able to figure it out. But there are fascinating videos where do not look them up if you haven't played the game because the game experience is so cool. But if you beat inscription, go onto YouTube and, or, or if you're in the discord, we can even share the links with you. But there are like hours long videos about these people that cracked all this code and after the game ends there's still more story but you would never know it's not like a prequel or sequel or anything like that it's literally these people cracked the code and got in and followed all these clues and it took these teams of people months to basically get more of the story and actually go to physical locations where they were (laughs) burying diskettes that were like the diskettes that are part of the lore of the game and they found (laughs) gps coordinates dug them up put the floppy disk into a drive got one piece of code that went in to solve another thing like you know this whole thing but but the point is that the developer uh, daniel mullins is the creator of this game and the fact that he plants these little things in there for people to solve if they choose to do that and you know you don't have to to enjoy the game but oh my gosh the lore he creates and the little snippets and apparently i haven't played his other games but he does this with all his games and then here's the kicker as he's developing these games He's planting little code and clues in the games he's developing. And then two games later, he's he's having you go back and look at their code to solve things for them. I mean, it's just wild the way his brain works. And it's impressive. So it's so impressive the foresight he had to plant these little things. And people like that, that their minds operate like puzzles. I, I don't know how they do it. And it's it's really neat. So play in script go get inscription it is so worth it 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 was before i got super frustrated i was thinking it was like my game of the year i think that thing that happened to me was just a really random thing so don't take that as like a super negative thing i think it was probably a one-off brad didn't have that problem when he played it so um just out of curiosity aaron did you give up on it or did you beat it or i mean it's it's on my pc so it's just naturally they it's going to take me a lot to go back to anything on a pc to ever pull it out and so when I get a roadblock, it's a bigger deal. And I've played, I don't know, three times probably I've gone after it. And I'm just having trouble getting through whatever the first stages are with the card game and getting through that challenge. 
in and of itself because the game doesn't it gives you information about how to play the games but there is so much that it throws at you and i love deck builder card games which at least is how the game starts i don't know what it does ultimately but right it's like slay the spire or whatever but there's so much to this so many different mechanics and random ability types that are thrown in there with minimal explanations to the point where i struggle with keeping things straight to be able to win and i haven't been able to win you've only seen one of four different types so if you think it's complicated at first (laughs) oh my god there you go but uh well i i really hope that you return to it and can get past that maybe like like i had with that one stupid thing and like you had with metroid and you know maybe after stepping away from it for some time uh, i i don't know for me the lore the story how immersive it was and as you continue on how the mystery keeps growing and you have no idea what's going on but it's so intriguing with the story it's it's so fun and i think it's worth it so that's a highly recommended game from me and hats off to daniel mullins for planting all these little seeds everywhere in his games because it's really neat another game that i checked out was tiny tina's wonderlands and i know aaron came out kind of cold on that when he tried it and was really anticipating it i have gamefly so i rented it i it wasn't a buy for me especially after especially after aaron's review but i love borderlands like i said i think on the first episode looter shooters were my top game before i decided that roguelikes had or roguelites really had uh, taken over for me but i had to play tiny tina's since it was a rental and and i wanted to see what it was all about and i think it's really fun i it you know it didn't capture me like the borderlands games did i love borderlands one and two borderlands three i think is still super fun but you know it, it didn't quite do what two did for me but I, I, I t- Tiny Tina's is like fourth place if I were to rank all those games. But with that being said, it was fun enough where even though I wasn't super into the story that was going on, I still had fun with the Borderlands mechanics. And I thought the weapons that were all pretty unique to this world, the new swords and axes and all the magic, There, there's magic spells in this game, which is new to the Borderlands stuff. So I thought that was a neat edition uh but yeah i mean just i'm trying to go around and open every safe and every chest and it it was kind of one of those things where if i had a ton of time to kill i would i would play it a lot more and but with all these other stories that i want to beat and and everything i think it's going to be one that i'll probably come back to it another time but i wanted to give it a shot and i think if you like borderlands games it's fun i don't think it's as good as the borderlands proper but it's neat i don't know did you play it anymore aaron or is that one just totally on the back burner for you I have no desire to go back to it, and I don't know when I will. If I did, it would be one of my co-op experiences with my son. That would be the way I'd want to play it. I don't see it drawing me in in a single-player way that like Borderlands 3 and 2 have. I've wanted to play those both single-player and multiplayer. This one just doesn't, just has not. I, I was ruined by the DLC. I still feel that the DLC did it perfectly and in a bite-sized type of format, and that this is just way overblown craziness gotcha yeah i mean i'm glad you had a good experience with it so i mean definitely wouldn't wish it to be you know icky for you <laughs> yeah i you know i i don't it to me i agree with you it, it didn't hit me the same way the dlc does and i don't know if it was because it was just so fresh or it was better written or maybe just in that 
bite-sized format. Like that was the perfect amount of time to play through it. Uh, you know, it didn't seem as good as that, but then on the flip side, I love Borderlands so much that it did feel like more Borderlands to me. And I thought the voice acting there, it wasn't all great material, but I did appreciate that. I, I didn't look it up, but is that Andy Samberg and Will Arnett in the game? I probably, they're definitely famous people. I know Wanda Sykes is one of them. <laughs> well, yeah, Wanda Sykes is definitely, it, but I mean, to my ear without looking it up, I was like, I think those two actors are really funny and I'm pretty sure they're two of the main characters in it. Like it sounded like Will Arnett was the villain and Andy Samberg was the companion that was with Tina playing at the table. So to me, I'm like, well, that's really cool. They got them for a video game because those are two people that I'm not familiar with being in gaming. So pulling in that kind of star power was impressive to me and they were making funny jokes throughout it. So yeah, it was a good time. Like I will say, I don't, I don't know. I'm not trying to dismiss anything that Aaron said, and I didn't think it was like the best game I've ever played. But if you like Borderlands like I do, and those are some of my favorite games, I think it may be worth checking out some of the new mechanics and like I said, the spells, and they changed a lot of the weapons. There are these brand new type of type of guns that you use and because it takes place in this fantasy world and so i was interested in that and i thought it was kind of neat that it was the tabletop mechanics and things like that were interesting at least they were something new so uh for what it's worth i I did have some fun with that one and the last thing that i really got into uh was in honor of brad and i checked out a couple leisure suit larry games oh my god i had uh (laughs) i had purchased this um bundle i can't remember if it was humble bundle or if it was fanatical but those are two sites that you'll see me posting links for every now and then where you can get like 10 games for five dollars or ten dollars or whatnot but i had bought on a whim just because i remember playing them back on diskette like back in the day i had checked out those laser suit larry games and i bought the first like six or seven games i think for 10 bucks so i had never played them and i decided well i've got the steam deck what can it do with like older games and point and click games, that kind of thing. So one of the first evenings that I had the Steam Deck, I decided, well, I'm going to see if I if I just have this mobile Steam Deck and I'm in bed playing a game, can I play a point and click game like Leisure Suit Larry? I tried for about 30 minutes just to get past the main screen where it asks you how old you are and like questions that are terribly dated at this point. Like, like here I am as an adult and they're trying to make sure you're an adult and they're asking you questions about Ronald Reagan. Like, you know, like yeah. the, the like it's ridiculous that this game's so old and even though it's on these platforms like Steam or GOG, like they haven't updated the, basically it's like some of it is DRM and some of it is age restriction questions and like, I don't know. So it was ridiculous. So I was trying to get past that because with the Steam Deck, you have a, a trackpad that you use as the mouse, like one of the default setups. You can do touch screen, but also the little trackpad. Uh, and then the one of the bumpers is like a click or you can click in the trackpad to actually do a mouse click. And so, okay, that's fine for the mouse. But then when it comes to keyboard, there's a virtual keyboard on the Steam Deck, but the virtual keyboard's half the screen. So the input prompts for Leisure Suit Larry are like in the bottom half of the screen and the keyboard's up above it. So here's this virtual keyboard and I'm trying to click things and I don't know what's actually typing and virtual keyboards are iffy at best and especially with, I don't know, 19... 
1980s or early 1990s game whenever it was made so i'm clicking the buttons trying to answer their questions about you know put in this number for some kind of thing that i don't even remember because i was a child when they were you know bringing up these references and i'm putting in the things and i press enter and it's like nope try again when you're older sunny boy or whatever their thing is and it keeps booting me from the game and it's so frustrating because here i am an adult purchasing this game and i can't even get past the menu so i toyed with that for about 30 minutes then i decided to go to leisure suit larry 2 i thought well maybe leisure suit larry 2 is a little more advanced and i can answer the questions easier or whatever so with leisure suit larry 2 they i think they ask you some of those questions but they also have this thing where they show you these pictures and this is still like very pixelated 2d graphics but it's it's like pick the lineup of this woman that I don't know, that has these, oh, put in her phone number. There's there's all these profiles, like pictures of these women, and it says, what is her phone number to call? And so you have to actually click on the info tab for Steam for the game and like go into the documentation, and then there's a little tab for DRM or whatever it's called, and you have to look up the image on the Steam forum. And then I had to like go back and forth, like alt tabbing, if you will, on the Steam Deck to try to like memorize the phone number, then go to my virtual keyboard on the game <laughs> and make sure I'm typing it properly. Got kicked out a couple times. It was crazy. <laughs> it's because these games, these are back when games actually came with instruction manuals and they had, they were right. things that you would put, I remember like in the boxes, they would have like little tidbits like this is what you'll need if this question is asked and so they'd be hidden yeah. within the instruction manual it's of, drm uh, it's it's so you can't yeah, pirate the game yeah yeah it's old school before the internet drm and so yeah they were like it was it was telling you like look at this woman find her picture and give me the phone number and that was their way of making sure that you owned the game because you needed the manual but there's me now trying to find a digital manual and this is just silly stuff you know this is me like it was like midnight i was trying this stuff and i gave up pretty quickly after the second attempt here but you know this just shows you in this day and age like trying to find this manual trying to enter on a virtual keyboard so the moral of the story is i would not recommend laser suit larry one or two on the steam deck (laughs) (laughs) so the following day i said well i'm the type of person that likes to play them in order but i don't really care in this you know case i'm not really gonna play these games so i skipped to the reboot of the series not not really a reboot it's a sequel but like the modern day you know sequel to these games they're reimagining of what this series would look like. So I think in 2018, there was a new Laser Suit Larry game and they actually gave it controller support. So you could use a mouse cursor and you could point and click on things, but you could also use the bumper buttons, but everything, the menus, the trivia questions to make sure you're an adult that can play these games. You could actually you know navigate them easily i got past that and it was a pretty funny game like a lot of it was poking fun at what is laser suit larry still doing in this modern time where has he been he hasn't been in a game for 10 or 15 years or however long it was um and i don't know about the earlier games because again i haven't played them for a long time and i didn't get to play them recently uh because i couldn't really get past anything but uh it wasn't that dirty like it was more silly and you got to see what it was like for larry to have a phone there's cell phones and there was parodies of social media and facebook and instagram and a lot of the jokes were like how does a 
character like Larry exist in modern times with social media and cell phones and all that stuff. So it really wasn't that dirty. There were a few things here and there, but you know, in my head, I'm thinking like, oh my God, these games are so X-rated and horrible or whatever. And in the early 90s, I'm sure they were really risque for the times, but it wasn't that bad. And so I'm actually thinking I may return to it and play through some of the story because it was oh funny, my. some good wow. jokes. <laughs> it was it was fun. I it, the, the reboot was fun. I mean, it's it's uh it was it was just good, silly, harmless fun from what I could see. I'm not saying like like the jokes weren't that offensive. You know, I thought I was going to start playing it and be like, oh, my God, these jokes. But they really weren't that bad. And at the end of the day, Larry's behavior, I don't I mean, you're never supposed to think that he's great. He's you're not condoning it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a it's more of a commentary on the type of person he is. But he's really not that bad in this reimagining. So I think maybe they kept some of that in mind because it was just in 2018. So I don't know if I'll play through it anymore, but I'm thinking I may return to it at some point. But for what it's worth, Leisure um, Suit Larry won through six do not play on your steam deck the reboot i think it worked fine so do with that what you will <laughs> awesome wow well man a lot of stuff you got in that's some some good topics before we wrap up maybe we can go through this pretty quickly but i, I did want to briefly ask you guys opinions on some tv shows that we seem to be having announced on a reoccurring basis over and over from the gaming world. So we have known about quite a few that are coming. We've known about things like the Cyberpunk 2077 anime that is going to be happening. At least I knew about it. I don't know if Kevin did. I'm assuming he did. If he didn't, you should be excited. I was not familiar with that, no. That's right. So there is an anime coming for Cyberpunk 2077. I want to say an anime coming for Tomb Raider. There is The Last of Us as well, of course. That's not an anime. That's a live action that is in the works. There's a whole slew of TV shows that have been announced. Uh, there's a Far Cry. I believe it's an anime style as well that is in the works. There's some Resident Evil animated stuff in the works as well as a live action <laughs> series in yeah. the works. And then we got news just the other day that three more major Sony properties were getting tv shows those being god of war horizon and gran turismo and they've all been sort of farmed out to different streaming services and so i just wanted to know are any of these tv shows catching you guys' attention have you watched halo even like the one that is out um do these excite you there's there's one for twisted metal get this the twisted metal show which who knows why there's even a, this should not exist, frankly. Uh, it makes no <laughs> sense to me why it, we need a Twisted Metal show. But it has Nev Campbell, Anthony Mackie, and now Will Arnett just got cast in it today. Like, wh yeah. what? I, I cannot even, Will Arnett is going to be Sweet Tooth, which I believe is like the ice cream truck. Crazy ice cream. Yeah. I, I don't get it, man. Yeah. I, I don't get it. But do any of these, like, make you, you know, want to watch them and how do you think that these are going to turn out is this going to be like uh, a big completely fail of, a, of an attempt where we try to make all these tv shows and none of them work or is this the start of something cool i don't know i don't what know do think, it's hard for it's hard for me to get excited for it i was the same way with the witcher um, i'm a big witcher fan but i've i the all the hours that i have into the witcher is with 
Doug Hochul as Geralt. You know, that's my Geralt when I read the books after the game or the, the few books that I've read after playing the game. It was his voice that I heard. And I know it's different from the people who read the books and the, the books are what's being adapted, right? And they have their own interpretations and their criticisms and so on and so forth. But with Uncharted, I had the same worries. Like Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg are not my Drake and Sully. That's Nolan North and Robert uh, McGonagall. Robert McGonagall is, is Sully. And we play so long with Richard. those games. It's Richard, sorry, you're right. You play so long with those games, like I just did, binging all of the Uncharted games. The character models, the voices that accompany them, those are the versions of the characters that I come to love. You know, they're essentially, especially with Uncharted 4, it's movie-like. It's it's a cinematic game, right? So it's hard for me to see, and I know it's the actor's job to bring these characters to life in a different way, but it's hard for me to accept that. You know, I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man and Mark Wahlberg. I've liked him in a lot of things, but as Drake and Sully, I came around on it, but it, they're never going to be my number one Drake and Sully. And so going through God of War, you know, Christopher Judge was fantastic in the 2018 game. So imagine anybody else voicing him or like, I think a lot of people have been throwing around Bautista and The Rock and Triple H from wrestling. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't imagine you know a different model than the kratos we know from 2018 and christopher judge uh voicing him it's it's hard for me to to grasp that you know when they cast henry cavill as the witcher i knew how passionate he was about the character and i think he's doing a fantastic job and you know it's it's just pre-show concerns that i have and then hopefully they'll do something amazing and i'll absolutely love it i try to keep an open mind but i always have these reservations when they try to adapt a video from a video game because when you're adapting a book you can kind of you have more freedom i think but when you already give people the visuals of the character and the voice of the character imagining somebody else doing it is just so hard for me so i excited about any of them Maybe The Last of Us, because I like the creative crew behind it with Neil Druckmann and uh, the guy from Chernobyl. Craig. Can't think of it. Matson, Craig Matson. Um, I think the creative crew behind it, Pedro Pascal as Joel, everybody. I think it's like the, the right crew's there. So I'm probably the most excited about it. I'm interested in the rest, but it's going to it's gonna take some visualization and seeing some some kind of teaser, you know, or just people in costume to see what my hype level is going to be so it's just reservations i have when they start adapting video games i think that's a good point i i feel pretty similar to the way brad does about those adaptations i i think that we spend so much time with games as a i mean yeah i mean books depending on their length you can spend a good amount of time with but you're right you you're inventing the voice in your head and everything and really the adaptation is what the whether it be if the if the author is involved with the show or the showrunners are taking their interpretations okay that's their version of it but when you have a video game they've already given you that if it is an adaptation what that adaptation is and you play with it and spend so much time and you become what you know you are the character you're in the game you're placed in that world and you're hearing the voice that they've given you and so it does take a little bit more of an adjustment um with that being said like brad i have an open mind i'll i'll watch these and give them a chance but you know halo i haven't watched but i'm not that interested in halo i've played the first 
four games uh, and really kind of fell off at that last one. I, I just really never got into Infinite. Um, I may return to it someday, but like I'm just not into the lore of Halo that much. So that world doesn't, unless someone said that's a super awesome show, but with the lackluster reviews and, and uh, all that, it didn't really get me too excited. But um, The Last of Us, I'm super excited for because I love those games. When you were reading those new shows that are just that were just announced in development i'm like god of war yes that's cool i mean we can do the greek mythology stuff like that could be really cool horizon zero dawn that's a really neat idea like i love that story and i love the sci-fi but the uh you know like the apocalyptic feel of it where it's like futuristic but yet taken back uh but then gran turismo i'm like what what story is coming out of Gran Turismo? It's a racing simulator. Like, I mean, I know you can give it characters and make them gone in part sixty of seconds <laughs> racing. <laughs> but yeah, Collecting I just I don't high end cars. But it's like yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I don't know. That just seems like a bit of a stretch. Like if it's if you're gonna make like why even make it Gran Turismo, right? Like just because gamers know that title, there's no lore, there's no characters, there's no story. You're just driving and buying and collecting cars and racing them. So I don't know. That one to me, I have very little interest in, but I think it's Neil Blomkamp is going to be the showrunner of also that. Also weird. Yes. So very weird. now very I'm like... makes me more interested, actually. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I that's know. the only thing. <laughs> me I'm too, like, but it's weird. Yeah, is it going to be like, are there going to be aliens with the cars or, you know, what is going to go on here? So um, I don't know. I'll give them all a chance. I, I like these properties. Uh, Twisted Metal, I loved those games growing up and, I, you know, I, I was big on those. So I'm kind of interested to see how the show goes, but I'll give anything a chance. I, I you know, they could be hit or miss. That's It's hard to say. I mean, Uncharted, I did not care for that movie at all so i think the casting was horrible and i thought the movie was a bad adaptation of the games and uh you know but i'll give them a chance i thought the tomb raider movie was really good the tomb the those newer tomb raider movies uh with who is it alicia vikander those yeah yeah i mean that was solid so you know let's give them a shot yeah i i think there are quite a few of them that i'm interested in mostly for me it's weird because maybe it's because they're video game adaptations but the animated ones tends to get me more excited than the live action stuff with the exception of the last of us and you know a tomb raider anime series to me sounds incredible it's one of my favorite properties and i think that that could be done and really exciting the splinter cell animated series sounds amazing tons of things you could do with that there's a fallout one i think that's been talked about i think that might be live action actually there the resident evil i've seen the trailer for the live action new resident evil one that i've actually pretty interested in that one there's the cyberpunk one you know if you're going to do it anime style i think that's perfect for that and uh, kind of maybe it's going to have like that, that tron tv show feel tron uprising i think it's called or uprising i can't remember the subtitle for that but it'll have that feel to it so for some reason i think i'm more lenient when it comes to the animated adaptations than i am when it comes to a live action adaptation because it's just hard to translate these worlds that we're so used to occupying ourselves and many of them that just don't exist and for them to if they don't have an enormous budget to do it right that's what makes me think the last of us has a chance right is a it's a fairly grounded story it doesn't have a bunch of sci-fi elements to it or crazy video gamey type of big blockbuster action explosions and stuff it's on the ground in the woods it's a journey it's moving from point a to point b going on a trip 
And so it'll be easier to manage that in a live action update. The God of War one, I just, I don't know. I don't know what else. I guess you could go off and tell other stories, but I would rather just play those other stories like I do in the games. I, you know, I, I love movies that are in that setting. I absolutely adore mythology. So I eat up all of them, but they're not good. The Wrath of the Titans, the Clash of the Titans movies, like I watch them all, but they're not great movies. And so I just feel like we're going to get another kind of B level version. And then why would you do that to my beloved character? You know, I just want to go replay the game. Uh, and then Horizon, I actually think has a lot of potential. I, ever since now, Sadie Sink is in Stranger Things and she's a redhead. So I'm going with the low hanging fruit there. But I think that she would be a phenomenal Aloy. And I think that I like that, that world has, a, yeah, I mean, like, don't, don't you think, like, there's a lot to explore in the Horizon world, in my opinion. Like, it feels How about Isla Fisher? expansive. Well, yeah, there, I would always <laughs> I don't know be that. okay with more. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that she would, yeah, I don't know, I don't know how she would do with rough, like the roughness of Aloy's character. I mean, I'm sure she probably could, but I just, I think of her as a very, gentle soft kind of person but yeah i think i don't know i'm i'm again mildly interested in these i think it is telling that sony is just going all in on adaptation i mean there's a jack and daxter movie in the works i didn't even know about that i love jack and daxter really that sounds great like bring that on because we haven't had a game in two decades so (laughs) if you're not going to give me a new game then give me a movie i'm okay with that but I feel like many of these are just going to bomb and it's going to start a whole new conversation about just the same thing we've dealt with forever of why do video game movies suck? Why do video game TV shows suck? And gamers are never going to be happy with them. And that's the audience. So like, I don't know. It's, I think the last of us will prove that wrong. And it's likely that much like Top Gun Maverick, Hollywood will learn the wrong lesson from it. And it'll, it's the exception, and they'll be like, well, we need to make it the rule, and they can't. <laughs> so maybe right. maybe not. I don't know. Um, last up, just real quick, the two trailers that released today, did you get a, get a chance to watch either the Sonic Frontiers gameplay or the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet details? I watched Sonic. What'd you think? Just meh. Meh? <laughs> I, was never a, I was never a big Sonic guy. I mean, it looks cool, an open-world Sonic the what we saw like what 10 seconds of actual gameplay it kind of it, like the what? first no, it's thing like I seven saw... minutes long what are you talking about there's a lot of gameplay. oh the one there. the one you linked me on on ign was only like like the ign tweet was like 30 seconds and then oh. only like half of that was gameplay so that's all i saw oh, um boo. but yeah i'll okay. check it i'll check out the a larger scope uh trailer of it but what uh what i saw of it seemed cool but i don't have the nostalgia for sonic our household was always a nintendo household until i convinced my dad to get me a playstation so yeah it, it looked neat it reminded me kind of like the the environment looked like breath of the wild maybe a little bit of horizon you know but yeah we'll see we'll see how it turns out maybe i'll get it but it, it's unlikely at this point <laughs> I thought it looked cool. I, I, I'm not a huge Sonic person either, but I really enjoyed the, some of the newer Sonic stuff, like Sonic Adventure on Dreamcast. That was one of my favorites. So, and of course, I played the original stuff on Genesis, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay with taking Sonic to a different type of gameplay and, and having it be open world. I do think there were a lot of elements that it, it looked and felt 
kind of like a Breath of the Wild game. And I joked about the Horizon Zero Dawn because there's a point where Sonic was like climbing up this what looked like the giraffe creatures from Horizon. So I'm like, it, it was kind of funny how it reminded me of those. But uh, yeah, I'll give it a shot. I mean, I'll, I'll try, you know me, like I'll pretty much try any new game. And so I have nothing against trying something different. I'm, I'm actually more excited that they're taking Sonic from being a 2D type of you know, side-scrolling game. I mean, give us something new with with the character because it's a very fun character and obviously has stood the test of time. And now I think with the success of the first movie is probably what spurred them to do something more advanced with, with the games and do something a little bit different. So let's see where they go with it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought it looked really good. And this was build the longer one, Brad, as a seven-minute one, as highlighting the exploration aspect of the game. So there's like no combat in this first look. And I'm curious how combat is going to play into this. But from the puzzle solving situation and just the world traversal. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very clearly it's Sonic Breath of the Wild. And that's not like Nintendo knows that (laughs) they're developing it intentionally to be like that. And that gives me a lot of pause and makes me nervous because again, it's, that whole like, oh, well, we need to replicate this thing that you guys loved with this other character. And it doesn't necessarily always work. I mean, why is Sonic climbing towers like you do as Link? You have to have, it doesn't make a lot of sense because you have these very specifically designed towers. Like this tower that he is going up, like it has certain walls have to be a very certain way so that he can run up this particular side. And there's a perfectly spot, you know, placed bounce pad so he can get up onto it and then there's a ramp up on this little corner of it so he can get up to the next section like no tower would look like that is my point it is entirely designed in in a way that is allows you to get up it in a neat function right so it's not because in this world you've got this sonic hedgehog creatures and maybe they're the ones that do the maintenance on all the towers they've got to spin and bounce up (laughs) there but but they would just they would just go straight up and down like that i mean i'm saying you know what i mean like (laughs) i I get it and i like it i just wonder if it's going to be if that's an example if it might be too forced you know but it looks fun to me i loved the idea of him going up this tower and there's like a portal that he finds at one point and he like runs in it like a hamster wheel to kind of fire it up and uh, just the the different speeds he moves at across the trailer like when he's traversing the world uh, versus when he's like kind of going around some of the picking up coins and stuff it feels like you might have different speeds for sonic i don't know if you're gonna have one or maybe that you know increases throughout the game it was kind of wild too seeing all of the tracks in the sky just and in the brief video that i saw i'm gonna definitely check out the longer one but in the 15 seconds of footage i saw just squiggles (laughs) in the sky like okay those are clearly for him to go grind on you know or roll whatever you want to call sonic's ability to to get up in the sky and and traverse the world but i'm interested to see how that actually plays yeah i I mean i am too i'm not like it's not a day one buy for me by any means and like it's funny because all three of us are saying we're lukewarm on sonic overall i never got into the sonic games i didn't care for that kind of gameplay I'm interested because it's open world and because it's not like this skill-based speed go through this. Like I would, I very much more would like to just run around. It it feels more like the pathless to me. And that's what I want it to be like is the pathless, just this world with a whole bunch of different elements that are out there. 
that I can go around and jump on them and do cool moves and stuff whenever I want and not be linear pushed into a level, you know, left to right. Now, what if Sonic has to gather pages from an instruction book, but they're in Sonic ease (laughs) and you have to gather them all (laughs) in order to find out what to do? Then it will be a very bad game. (laughs) Oh, no. Don't do tunic dirty like that. Oh, my goodness. Pokemon, Brad, you said you just watched Sonic. Kevin, did you get a chance to check any I, of the Pokemon stuff? I didn't catch that, and I'm not a okay. huge Pokemon guy. Oh, okay. I, 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 so, no like, yeah, I, that's that's not on my radar, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, there, there's a new generation of Pokemon in this Scarlet and Violet that's coming out, so I know a lot of folks are really interested and excited about that. There was some new reveals today with the starters, uh, who they're going to be, what they look like, what the two legendaries are going to look like. It's really interesting because... One of the versions, the violet version, almost looks futuristic. There's like a hipster professor, and he's wearing like a vest <laughs> that looks like a like it literally like he could have. It's very techy in nature, and the legendary dragon almost like has a jetpack on it. Whereas the other version, the scarlet version, has a professor that is wearing an outfit that is more akin to like from Arceus, where it's like a past version like a a less technologically advanced society and that dragon looks more like a motorcycle so i wonder how this past present mechanics might play into this game in some way or in the story Um, it's going to be fully open world for the first time so they've dabbled with that in previous ones but it looks like you can just go anywhere and you can tackle any gym in any order you want there's going to be four player co-op which is really interesting Uh, i'd be curious to see how that gets implemented that could be neat And it has this new Pokemon called Lechonk that the entire internet is going crazy for, myself included. It's a hog, and me, as an Arkansas Razorbacks obsessive fan, I could not like have told you how much I adore this thing. He is so cute. The best Pokemon I've seen, new Pokemon I've seen in ages. And I want to buy the game just for this one like normal he's not even like a legendary or anything he's just a pokemon like he's just a regular pokemon but i want him so badly maybe i should just buy a stuffed animal version of him eventually and call it good and that'll be cheaper but yeah i i think the game looks really intriguing from a perspective of like pushing that formula further from sword and shield and from what they did in arceus but i personally am more in line with you guys i've tried recent Pokemon games. I put hundreds of hours into Pokemon Go because it satisfied my catch them all like sensibilities, but in a way that was so social and so active. And I tried to replicate that in the games and I just can't. Like the battles are too slow and boring for me. I still think the graphics are pathetically underdone. For, I mean, it's on the Switch, so it can't be phenomenal, but it, they just, they they look very plain and kind of, not that exciting to me. The combat's bleh, and it gets old really quick, even though it's really cute for me personally. Yeah. But I think people are going to love this one. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'll have to check that out, and and I would be open to trying a new game. I just I haven't really gotten into them since the Game Boy Advance. I'm so far behind on all the different types of Pokemon, and I don't 
you know, I just don't really keep up with all that. So I feel now I feel like there's so much to catch up and so many different games and I don't know how they all connect and all that. But, uh, you know, if this is a game where I can enter into it without feeling like I need to play a whole bunch of the other ones, um, that might be something worth checking out. But I'll have to do a little bit more research and see how it ties into the whole, you know, the rest of the lore (laughs) of Pokemon. (laughs) Fair, fair. Well, that's it. That's all we got. We've gone a long time tonight, which has been awesome. But before we go, it is June the 1st, which means it is no longer May, in case you didn't know. (laughs) And that means, Kevin, that we have something to do. We do. I'm trying to pull up my random number generator. So as you know, we've been running a contest to try to get some new reviews. And we got a few of them. And uh, we're going to pull for a copy, a fresh and shiny copy of your choice of Cyberpunk. So either Xbox or PlayStation. So I'm going over to the random.org and we don't do this on video. So you'll just have to trust me here, but I will do a few. I'm going to do three refreshes. Uh, I have uh, three entries, Soccer Mac, Teeps, and Amy, who is Brad's friend. So thank you very much for everybody for leaving us these kind reviews. And please, if you can continue to do that, there may be contests in the future, but even if there aren't, we appreciate it. It means a lot for the show. So without further ado, I'm going to give this three refreshes, and then I'm just going to pull a number one through three in the order that I read the names. So I'm going to give it one, two, three. And the winner of Cyberpunk is number three, Amy, Brad's friend. Oh, so wow. congratulations. <laughs> congrats, Amy. Amy Amy's or should I say Lewis? Brad's friends. <laughs> oh, Lewis, Lewis is her husband. It's, he's probably going to be the one playing it. Oh, yeah. No, this is Amy's copy of Cyberpunk, oh, Lewis. So. You heard it here first. <laughs> but hopefully, just uh, reach out to us or tell Brad which one you want, either Xbox or PlayStation, and we'll get that copy over to you. Hopefully, you haven't played it and are looking forward to it. Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks for doing that. Uh, hopefully, that'll go down smooth, and everybody will enjoy that one when you get a chance to pop it in. And again, like Kevin said, thank you for the reviews. Please feel free to continue leaving them. It definitely helps us out. That's it for us this week. Hopefully you've enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening. We do this for you as much as we do it for ourselves. But we'll be back soon. Until then, get out there and fall in love with a game.